Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you. And God, I thank you for, Lord, the young people in this church. And God, I thank you for the young leaders that you have arisen and given to this house. And we thank you for the young people that gave their lives to Jesus this week. And we thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord Jesus, to see them grow as men and women of God. We ask, Lord Jesus, as a church, that those five, Lord, would stay close to you for years to come. Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, open your word to us now. Holy Spirit, come, do something fresh in our hearts and our lives. We honor you and we love you. And everybody said, amen. And then I want to encourage us in the idea of seeing a continued move of God supernaturally among us. In other words, in order to see look back at this first year, I think, I think that there's so much miraculous things that God did. And so we could take even the fact that, hey, out of nowhere, this great retreat happened and kids gave their lives to Jesus, or we could talk specifically about text messages that I've received about people being supernaturally healed at the prayer meeting this year, or we could talk for me about, uh, I've got these memories of God supernaturally providing, mostly through teenagers uh, for the launch of this church, and, and for it just to be just miraculously God providing, and then and the incredible generosity of this church once we've started to be able to do some of the things that God's put in our hearts and, 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 and just salvations and healings and what, what, what people might say is just coincidence, 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 until you see about 100 coincidences and you just go, surely God is in this movement. Surely God is at work. Surely God is doing something great. And my prayer for us is that we would not have there just be this great story of a little bit of a move of God in the early days, but that instead, I, I, I see it like a wave, that we're just catching a wave, a move of God. We didn't make the wave, God, it's God's wave, but we're just jumping on. And there's this text in Matthew 17, where I see Jesus giving insight into how to walk in supernatural. In other words, how to have Moves of God where you possess the spirit of God, the power of God so alive and at work inside of you that it is a part of your life. And if it's a part of your life, then it becomes a part of this church life to see God move over and over and over again. Last week, I told the story about Charles Spurgeon, the great British preacher who would take preachers who would visit his church and they all wanted to learn best practices. How do you do this? I mean, it's Charles Spurgeon, his church is famous. And instead of talking about preaching or music or buildings, he took them to the prayer meeting that took place in the basement on Monday night and said, this is the engine of the church. If this works, everything works. And I just have so at my core that God has called us to be a praying church. And my hope and my prayer for you is that today you would walk out with renewed vigor to be a man of prayer or a woman of prayer that you in your own journey in your own life would have this resolution. As for me, I'm gonna be a person that prays. As for me, I'm not content to live distant from God. The greatest way to live on planet earth, what we were made for was to walk with God. It's the way that Adam and Eve walked with God and knew God the very beginning. And sin continues to be the thing that disrupts that. It's the thing that continues to take us to live at a distance. And my hope and my prayer is that just today we would get a little bit of refocus, renewed. 
I wanna be close to God. I wanna pray. I wanna be close to him. And so Matthew 17, let's just read this story. It's a famous story of Jesus casting out a demon. And so don't be scared, uh, but we're gonna read that in Matthew 17 and we've got some serious insights in that, all right? And when they had come to the, multi- to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and, uh, and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse. So number one, faithless. Number two, perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And here it is, nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. All right, interesting. Because Jesus responds and he says, this generation is faithless, all right, interesting word. And if you look at this Greek word, it's, it's faithless. Other translators have said unbelief, but it's this idea of being disconnected from God. It's you don't have faith or you possess unbelief. You don't have great confidence in God. You're not connected to God. And then he says, and perverse. Now this idea of perverse means connected to the world. It means you have value for what's in the world. It's, that's what, it, it, perverted, perverse. It's, it's connected to the worldly values. So Jesus identifies two things when he talks about the generation. He says, well, it's a wicked and perverse generation. And he's saying, you are A, you're not connected to God. And B, you are connected to the world. But then he says, here's how you cast out the demon. Here's how this one comes out. And he says, prayer and fasting, which prayer is connect to God. And fasting is a choice to disconnect from the world. And so Jesus gives the solution to the problem. One, two, punch. He says, here's the problem. Then one, two, solution. He says, one, two, here's the problem. One, two, here's the solution. And so as we go into this week, my hope is that you and I would, one, connect to God in a greater way, just in a greater way. Like no matter where you're at, there's not really one of us that would say, hey, you know what, this summer I have prayed too much, brother. I'm just, I'm a praying machine. I just feel like I've overdone it, right? Nope. Every single one of us would probably say, including myself, would say, I need to, I I need to pray better. I want to get stronger. And then two, we need to disconnect from the world, there are things that you go, I just, I need to disconnect from. And, and my hope and my prayer is that this week we would have a powerful week of power. And even if it's things that we see this week or if it's just an investment of where God is calling us as a praying church that walks on the power of God, my hope and my prayer is that you and I would disconnect a little this week, that we would be a little less perverse and walk in faith, walk in belief, and connect more to God. Here's what happens. Our, our spirit 
When you're fasting and praying, your spirit comes alive and increases your capacity for your spirit to be stronger than your soul and your flesh. It's this statement that says, it's not my emotions, it's not my body, it's God, you're number one. And my goal is that we would realign, refocus, and we do this all the time. In fact, almost every Christian I've ever known has to come back over and over again and just refocus, realign, and say, no, I, I got I to reset and get connected I, 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 and, and adjust our prayer and our fasting lives. And so that's what I want for us. I want us to be in this place where we are walking with God, where we, where we have where we have stories of 100 coincidences in our lives, that they're just little tiny miracles, but you know it's the spirit-filled life. You know it's God at work. And so let all, all the cynics say, oh, coincidence, 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 coincidence. Oh, it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence that, that, that Radiant Church is generous and it's a coincidence that kids gave to be a part. It's a coincidence that there's so many people giving their life to Jesus in the first year. And hey, it's just a coincidence that that person invited you and that person knew. And it's just a coincidence that God keeps taking care of. It's just, or, or you just go, it is amazing how it seems like we're just riding this wave where God is at work. And surely it's a God story. And my prayer is that for us as a church, my prayer is that it is that for you. Like over and over again, you have these stories where you are praying, seeking God, and in your life story, you have moment after moment where you just go, no way. Like, like, like God is at work. You know how miserable it is to live distant from God, where, you can't, where there is not God's activity, where it just seems like you can't even name a time where, where God has been at work, and yet how enjoyable it is when you're just sitting with friends over coffee and you just smile and you're just like, God did that and God did that. God did this with my kid. God's doing this in our relationship. God's doing this and we invited our friends and, 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 and I'm, I'm, I'm hanging out with so-and-so and this is the person connected to this. How did they know each other? And, and you've just got, and it feels like they're little tiny, but you just have this sense, surely God is at work. Surely I'm experiencing something supernatural in your journey and in my journey, we wanna live supernaturally. And as you walk with God, as you pray, it's amazing. You make that investment, you make that decision, you make it first place in your life, and over and over again, you start to see God at work because it's what you were made for. It's, the way, it's what you were created for. One of my friends illustrated it this way. He looks at his church in Fort Collins and he did this whole spiel on how it's like Shamu at SeaWorld. And he talked about taking his boys to SeaWorld and Shamu is there and he's this whale, but he belongs in the sea. And so he did this great illustration and he talked for a long time. And I thought about doing that, but I didn't. And so he talks about Shamu. And then another buddy of mine, he talked about, you were made to know God and it's kind of like... Free Willy, and he just told the story of, you know, the movie that came out by Disney in 1993 about how he was, belongs in the oceans, very similar to the SeaWorld one, but a little bit different. But my favorite was the 2007, this same idea, you were made to be with God, you don't work right, caged up, and, and, but his idea was instead of doing the cage, I had a friend of mine, he came to, to our youth conference, and he decided he was going to illustrate it with a live goldfish on stage. 
And so I, we were there with hundreds of teenagers and uh, he got out this fish and he said, now what happens is this fish was made for water and if you take the fish out of the water and he's screaming and he's excited and you set it down, it just flips around and flops because it can't, it can't work right. It can't survive unless it's in the water. And of course the illustration was, you belong with God. You were made to walk with him and you'll flip around and you'll go crazy and you gotta be with God. And so that was where he was going. That was what he's aiming for. But what he didn't realize was that his fish was dead. And so he sets it on the podium and he has the HD camera right there ready so that all the kids can see it. And there's a fish right there. And he's like, see how it's flipping around? And the kids are like, and he's like, zoom in closer, zoom in closer. And it's just dead. And so I'm thinking, abort, 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 just move on. But instead he's like, see how it wiggles? And he's like shaking it with his fingers. And I was like... I decided not to do that illustration either. <laughs> but it is the idea that you're made to walk with God and the things of the planet constantly are the appetites of the age which our culture has a smorgasbord of appetites like none other. And your opportunity with prayer is to connect to God and it's what God created you for. When that relationship, that vertical, I'm close to God, when that's working, when that's alive, you're alive. And here's the second idea. Jesus says perverse, you're connected to the world. And what fasting does is it is the solution to the problem of being perverse or perverted. It's this intentional way of voluntarily going without some of the appetites that you crave, that you have and saying, I want to focus in on God and I wanna crave him first and foremost. And it's a voluntary choosing. I, I, I'm gonna dilute some of these other appetites. I'm gonna abstain from some of these appetites in order that I can increase my appetite for God, my affection for God, in order that I can focus in on God. You possess limited affection. You have limited time. You have limited dollars. Everybody said amen. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and you have limited affection. And so what you want to do is you want to come and say, all right, I voluntarily want to choose God to realign. And I'm going to say no to this thing that I actually enjoy. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It could be a great thing. But you're just making the statement, but God, I love you more. I want you to be first. 2003, uh, I took a bunch of teenagers to India. No, not young adults, 20-somethings to India. And um, we were there for three weeks. And a buddy of mine had gone earlier to set up the trip. And uh, so he had been there, I think, for a few months. His name was Jonathan. And, um, and so uh, I got off the plane with all these young adults. And he was excited to tell me about, oh, we're going to go to house churches. And we're going to go to these orphanages. And we're going to do this city um, street evangelism. We're going to do dramas in the city. And he was just so excited telling me all about it. I was like, it's awesome, it's awesome, it's all. Yeah, it's great, it's great, it's great. And uh, we were actually sharing a hotel room, he and I. And, and so uh, I, I, I said to him the first day, I said, hey, man, um, does this have ESPN? Does this TV have ESPN here? And he was like, what? And I was like, I'm just, you know, do you have ABC Sports? Like... He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, bro, it's the NBA finals. And this is like, back then it was the Nets and the Spurs, 2003, big deal. And I was like, bro, I, I, gotta, I gotta watch this. And he was like, it's on at 3 a.m. in the morning here. And I was like, no problem, that's all right. That works great. 
And I remember, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember his, his sadness as I sat the second time at setting my alarm for 3 a.m. in order to watch the Spurs and the Nets in New Delhi because I had this care and he didn't care about it. He had just been too focused. Here's my point. There's nothing wrong with the NBA Finals. Nothing wrong with, but you know what? It was a distraction for me. And I had at least two days where I was a second best in ministry because I'd stayed up all night to watch the game. Here's my point. For me, the, by the end of the time, I wasn't paying attention to the NBA. I'd actually lost connection with a lot of the sports in America because I cared about what God was doing in India. And here's my point, it's this. It's not that those things are bad, but sometimes if you have a season of separation, it refocuses, refocuses you on what really matters. And so you go into this season, maybe it's this week of just saying, God, I'm gonna voluntarily pray and fast. I want to reconnect to God. I wanna be filled with belief. I wanna disconnect. I don't wanna live perverted. I don't wanna be perverse. No, I wanna I want disconnect from the lusts of the age, from whatever appetites might be too strong in my life. And I wanna pull closer to God, disconnect from the things of this world. And that's really my prayer for you. My prayer is that you would pray this week in an intense, focused way, in a season of separation. We find Moses, 40 days up on the mountain, season of separation. Daniel, 21 days, season of separation. Esther, season of separation. Jesus in the wilderness, prior to ministry, season of separation. As a church, we're going into a season of separation where, man, we got, I, we got big dreams for what God wants to do in year two of Radiant Church. And, and there's some prophetic promises that we're just holding on to, like, God, you wanna do some great stuff. And we wanna see people come to know Jesus. And man, we wanna see God move in our city and we wanna help invest in, in unreached people groups around the world. And, and we got a dream about reaching teenagers in our city and, and teenagers around the country. And we got some dreams, but you know what, God? In our own strength, we will fall dramatically short, but if God is with us, if God is doing a hundred little tiny miracles, it leads into one massive miracle that we can't explain. And so in your journey, this is just a little season of separation and you get to choose. You can be all in, you can, be, you can decide how much you wanna do this with us, but I wanna encourage you to just actually think about, God, what are you inviting me to this week? What would it look like? What would it look like for you to pray? What would it look like for you to just kind of come before God and just say, God, invite me into a way of connecting with you. I want, to, I, it could be early morning prayer. It could be late night. It could be a lunch. It could be coming to a prayer meeting this week. It could be a lot of things, but God, I wanna have an intentional investment, not checking a box, not trying to prove to God that you like him. No, it's just this. I am eager and hungry and desperate to have the Holy Spirit alive and working inside of me. And I wanna draw close to God. I wanna be close, I wanna connect. And listen, in my journey, this, oh yeah, I'm not quite where, I, quite where I wanna be. This happens over and over again. It's not like you just live in this perfect season with God. No, it's like we refocus and we fade. We refocus and we fade, we refocus. And so I think that that's normal. I just think it, when I, 
No matter what great biographies I've read of people that are incredible and amazing and, and never wavered, I've never known anybody like that. And so I just think that most people refocus and then waver and then refocus and then just fade a little bit, you know? And, and I want us just to refocus and say, okay, God, I'm gonna be a person that, I wanna refocus. I wanna spend some time praying, crying out to you. And so what happens is, is that when you pray, your faith grows, your belief grows, right? Because if you spend time connecting, relating, talking to an amazing person, right? Like Paul Barker, you're amazing. I mean, you're the second nicest man in America, right? <laughs> the closer that you get to Paul Barker, the more you're just like, man, he is, I trust him. And I like, the longer I've known Paul, the more meals we've had, coffees we've had, the more I've liked him, right? Because all in all, he's great, but he's not perfect, right? If you spend time with a perfect person, let's pretend you were perfect. I mean, just imagine if you were flawless, if you were omniscient, omni I mean, you were, I'd be like, wow, right? I'd have stronger belief, all right? Here's my point. You spend that time with a perfect person. By the way, I'm, this is not heresy. I don't believe Paul's any of those things. He's a fallen man, extremely fallen. Original sin has this, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I don't know actually, <laughs> but it's that idea. It's, it's this idea, you spend time with a perfect person, your faith grows, your trust increases, your confidence goes through the roof because God is perfect and time with a perfect person only increases your faith, all right? And so, and so that's why we jump in and we go, all right, God, just, just help, me, help me reconnect. I wanna spend time with God. And then this, this fasting, fasting is disconnecting. And I just wanna close with the fasting idea. Some people are a little afraid of fasting. I wanna invite you just to see fasting as a friend, not as an enemy. Instead of seeing fasting as a mean mandate, obligatory to be a Christian, Look at it as a privilege from God that says, here's a secret passageway into power. And you start to see fasting not as an enemy, but as an opportunity. Because over and over and over again, God takes the people that say, God, I do love Starbucks. I love double tall vanilla latte. God, you made Chick-fil-A. And Chick-fil-A is incredible. It's Sunday, so I'll talk about Chick-fil-A because you can't go there. I'm making you fast. You're fasting already. <laughs> God, I, you pick it. I, you, you, God, I love, pick the thing that you love, you know. And then it's this statement. And I do like those things, but I like you more. And that's what fasting is. It's just, it's just saying, all right, God, it, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just this season of separation to just say, I wanna grow stronger. I wanna be closer. I wanna connect. My temptation is to live on the appetites of America, on the appetites of 2017, of a global world that has so much going on. And I just choose, I wanna be close to you, God. So I'm gonna disconnect in order to connect. I'm gonna walk away in order to be close. And so fasting, doesn't have to be a mean mandate. It can be your friend. And it's all through the scriptures. Moses fasted, David fasted, Esther fasted, Elijah fasted, Daniel fasted, Anna fasted, Paul fasted, Jesus fasted. Got a lot of stories 
When you look at church history, Martin Luther fasted, John Wesley fasted, John Calvin fasted, John Knox fasted, Jonathan Edwards fasted, David Brainerd fasted, Charles Finney fasted. It's church history. Here's the idea. I wanna invite you to say, what does fasting look like for me? David, come on now. That's just for super Christians. <laughs> invite yourself into the world of not what do I have to do to please God, but what do I get to do because he loves me, he delights in me, and I've given him my life. Reframe it. There's an alleyway into increased supernatural power. Like Jesus looks and says, you wanna know how that demon goes out? Connect to God, disconnect from the planet. You'll see more power. So what we get to do is say, all right, God. And that's, that's my prayer. I want you to see fasting. Our temptation is to always see it as a break like when you're driving your car. It's just, uh, fasting. Mm, halt everything good, right? Just the bummer in life. I love Christianity except for that, right? It's the bad part, okay? And there is no doubt. It's a, it, it is saying, it's saying no to your flesh. It's saying no to some things. But I want you to refocus this week that it, on the positive of that it's an accelerator in the power of God and that you're, you are hungry for Chick-fil-A, and you are hungry for, some of you not Chick-fil-A, you're hungry for your gluten-free croutons <laughs> on your organic salad that has uh, corn-fed, no, not corn-fed, organic, grass-fed, grass yeah, that, salad, that's what you're hungry for. Not most of us, but anyway. But it's this, I want you to see it as, it's this accelerator in your walk with God. This accelerator that says, man, if Jesus was doing it and Paul was doing it and, and Moses was doing it and John the Baptist was doing it and Esther was doing it, God, there's something in it for me. And just don't beat yourself up. Don't get upset at yourself if you fall short, but just, just flirt with fasting a little bit this week. Just flirt with it. Just, I've never said that before and I don't know if it's weird. Um, <laughs> Not sure if it's doctrinally correct, but but for some people it's just so brand new. I just you don't you just don't have to be all in yet. You can just flirt and it's okay. You know, like I just want you just to I just want you to just think, okay, I I wanna I wanna I wanna start. I wanna I wanna go down the journey. I wanna see what it's like and and see what God might do and open up your heart a little bit. And so I think I think that if if we can engage in that, and as a church we can go into this season of separation. I believe we'll see a supernatural work of God continue. In other words, what God is doing in you and in this church is his work. It's not coincidence. It's not just random events thrown together. It's just not man's creation. It's just not, it, it, there's something that God is doing. And as we pray and as we fast, we connect to God. We disconnect from some of the things of the planet and our heart, our sensitivity, our revelation of the word, even just our, honestly, honestly, sometimes it's just even enjoying just singing some of the songs and it's just enjoying being a life that's set apart. You could even feel just a little bit more of a cringe on some of the grossness of the planet. And it's just, it's just like a baby step. It's just voluntarily choosing. I'll just close with this.
my sophomore year of college, I was University of Oklahoma, and I'll just tell you this story. You don't have to believe it if you don't want to, but uh, <laughs> I was in college. Um, I just, I, I, I was in this season where I felt like the Lord was teaching me about fasting, and, and so I dedicated this one day a week uh, that I was going to fast a day a week, and um, you know, I'm living in the dorms, and sneaking away to coffee shops and just studying and praying. And I remember, I remember this one time where I went and I, I was looking at my journal and each day I'd kind of, I'd write the date and, you know, pray, kind of write out my prayer. And I looked at it and I noticed that, um, I said, seems like it's about one day a week, Lord, that's really good. <laughs> like a lot of these days seem really dry, but about one day a week, Seems like it's really, really, really revelation. Really, like, I really enjoy it. Like, feel close to you. And, uh, and it was just at that seating that I looked back and I just decided just to go back and check those dates and realized, for me, it had been that fasting day each week. And I'm not saying it's a system, and I'm not saying that's the way that it always works. It's not like a Coke machine. I'm not saying anything like that. What I am saying is that God was teaching a college student that when we pray and fast, he works. And I just wanna invite you that he does. And you need your own story, your own journey. And whether you're fasting Netflix, Hulu, Starbucks, or chicken, whatever it is, I want, him, I want my, my prayer is that you have a story. I disconnected from this, these things that I, I really do love. And with my limited affections, my limited time, my limited resource, I disconnected from that and I gave more to God and I've never been more grateful. He will be faithful. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he rewards. He rewards. So he rewards what's done in secret. You don't have to tell us. You don't have to tell anybody. You can just, just let it be this thing where you're like, okay, God, let's give this a shot. All right? All right. I want to invite you. Would you just bow your head and we're going to take a moment and pray together. Father, I just ask, Lord, that you would move our hearts right now, Jesus. Would you just take, just between you and the Lord right now, would you just talk to him about what it means this week to connect, to pray, how you want to increase prayer in your life? And now even just take a moment. As you look at this week, I just want us as a church just to spend a week. And I'd like to invite you just to fast something, whatever it might be. Maybe you could just ask the Lord, okay, God, this is something I could, I do, I do love, I do love this, I do, but I love you more. And so God, this week, I just want to, I want to stir that time towards prayer. But I, the time I would have spent fix my eyes on you. Could be that you want to get up earlier. Could be just one day this week. You're going to just take a lunch and just pray. Could be 
you spend a lot of time doing something that is just kind of extra. It's just nothing wrong with it. Just, just not needed. You want to take those minutes, focus them on connecting to God. Maybe it's even just taking one evening this week. Instead of watching Netflix, you just come pray with us. Father, we ask, Lord, that we would be a praying people. I pray for every man in this room. I pray, Lord God, for the, an increased desire to be a man of prayer and fasting. Thank you for every lady in this room. I pray for an increased desire to pray and fast. I pray for your grace and your strength to be on them. In Jesus' name. Father, we lift up our kids, teenagers, young adults, God, help us to be, all of us together, a praying church. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.